This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. So now Posey ranges away, and Bellinger throws it so high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Hello there. Welcome back to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman here with Joe, the Butcher Boy Shasky, as always, coming at you with some more Giants content at the end of the first half. This is episode 65. 65, Shasky. It was 1965 when uh, Juan Marshall and Johnny Roseborough had the infamous brawl at Candlestick. It was August 22nd at the stick. That was part of a, a weekend-long uh, gripe fest that kind of exploded <laughs> On that Sunday afternoon, you know, Roseboro and Marichelle were going at it all weekend long, and Roseboro wanted Koufax to hit Marichelle on that Sunday start. Sandy Koufax, being the guy that he is, didn't want to do it. So as we all remember, Roseboro threw the ball back to Koufax, and it nicked Marichelle's ear, and Marichelle turned around and kind of whacked him on the head with the baseball bat, which you're not supposed to do. Kind of. Benches cleared, and uh, it was a massive fine. I think it was like at the time, it was the largest fine. I think it was like $1,500 was the fine, but that was the ma- largest fine ever accumulated by a, a baseball player at that time. So, yeah, Giants-Dodgers, it, uh, that's a dicey rivalry at times. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Sam, what do you think of the first half of the Giants? I know it's technically yeah, a little let's, beyond let's the first half. first half. You know, 90 games down. And uh, let's let's start off with some of the positives here in the first half. You know, I'm feeling a little positive right now because the Giants won one nothing today. We are recording this on uh, Sunday, July 9th. Most of you will probably be hearing this on the 10th, though, when we release it. Overall, though, on the first half, there's a better, a more positive feel, I feel, right now than than you had probably at this time last year. I know the Giants were an above 500 team last year going into the All-Star break, but there was something just a little off about the team that just something didn't feel right. Like, this was not the 2021 Giants that we were looking mm-hmm. at, you know, last year. And 
you saw that kind of that that bad feeling kind of manifest itself in the second half where the team really kind of fell apart uh, down the stretch here. Right now, I don't see that being quite the case this year, but I think the the big reason for that, and we've talked about this at length already, it's the influx of young guys have really changed the vibe that the first half of this season has given versus the first half last year. And I guess the question is, does that do, does the, does the young guys being here kind of mean that that grind we saw in the second half, do the giants avoid that in the second half? That's going to be the big question, but off the, off the rip, Biggest thing I'm seeing is, yeah, it's the young guys. It's the farm system. They're coming. The future is arriving. It's slowly matriculating into the big league level. What are you seeing there, Shasky? And tell me about big, big picture first half thoughts. Camilo Duvall has emerged as a superstar in terms mm-hmm. of being one of the top three guys at his position. I think Logan Webb has um, proven why he got the contract extension, even though the overall win-loss record doesn't look great. Look at all the advanced numbers. He's been a stud, a complete game shutout today, 10 strikeouts. I mean, he just a total punctuation mark after starting off the season. Oh, and four, you know, this is a guy that could have easily stuck his head between his tail and gone home uh, or his tail between his legs, excuse me, and gone home. I mean, think about Barry Zito when, when he first came to the giants with that big contract weighing over him and things weren't going well, it felt like it snowballed. Did it ever feel like it snowballed on Logan Webb? No, no, it never did. Yeah, and so I, I think that's a huge, uh, you know, first half story. Patrick Bailey, another great first half story. I thought he was excellent in the first half. Conforto coming back from injury, excellent. What a great acquisition, boy! I'd love to have him for another year, you know. <laughs> um, and then Casey Schmidt and Luis Matos works in progress is what I would say. I, I think both guys have little things that they can work on. We can get into each individually, but I am seeing progress. They do start to have some pillars, but the reality is, as I've said since day one, this is playing out the way I want to because I'm seeing the young guys yeah. and they're showing progress and they're not yo-yoing him back and forth to triple a. I mean, I didn't even bring up Blake Sable. I didn't bring up Tyro Estrada. Unfortunately he's hurt, but I mean, he's had an excellent first half. Like, there's a lot of really good stories. The bullpen, Alex Cobb, like, go around. This has been a fun team. Is it the most fun I've had watching guys? No, but it's a lot more fun than I signed up for originally. I think that's a good point. It is fun. Fun is a good word to put it at. Uh, and because that was kind of what we've been kind of griping about last year. It's like, exactly. even when the team was good last year, there wasn't a whole lot of enjoyment there. And I think that is kind of the a big difference this year is that, you know, there's there's the vibe around the team, even after losses, because you I've said, you know, if you could lose a game, but take away a positive, you could still like that's not a win, but you're feeling yeah. good about that. You didn't really have that last year. Um, we did have Farhan Zaidi talk to uh, the media on Friday night, his you know end of the first half. We uh, we all crammed into this office at the back of the press box and uh, we got 30 minutes with him. And uh, one of the things that kind of I wanted to ask him is kind of what we're talking about right now. What's the biggest difference between this year and last year? And this is what Farhan had to say. That's a tough question to answer because, honestly, for a lot of the first half last year, we were like 5, 10 games over 500. So if you kind of did the game-by-game charting of our record, it probably doesn't look that different, you know, through this point. That's a really hard one to answer. I think some of it just comes down to the psychology and, you know, how fans feel about the team. Everything has so much to do with 
what the expectations were. We so we were coming off a 107 win season, and we were kind of five, ten games over 500. It just felt a little bit disappointing. And this year, whether justifiably or not, I think expectations were low. And then we got off to a bad start and start playing a lot better, and it got people really excited. So. So basically, I don't know, it, why does this year feel better is because it's coming off of a year that set a low bar versus 2022 is coming off a year that set a high bar. Yes. Shasky, are you buying any of that at all? A little bit. I, I just think we're overthinking it. Like young guys are coming up and contributing and the guys that everybody kind of liked and Doval and Logan Webb are, are showing out. I mean, let's be honest. Do you want me to take a look at his free agency track record? Cause that hasn't been great. Yeah, we, we, Conforto, we can get into the negatives in the next. Segment, I know, but like you know? <laughs> for each Conforto, I can point to multiple Hanegers, right? Multiple yeah. Alex Woods. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I didn't expect this team to compete for a championship, but they're showing progress. And what I mean by progress is I'm seeing young guys, but that's how devoid of young, uh, young talent. They were over the last couple of years. They are playing an interesting brand of baseball. You know, yeah. For example, the other night, and I just want to go over this real quick. They got runners on first and second. Lamont Wade bunted in the in this was I believe Saturday, uh, Friday night. Bunted yeah. the at bat prior, and he's bunting in a two zero count. What are we doing? It was like, weird. Yeah, it was so weird. And so I guess my question is like, you had such very specific baseball principles heading into you know these rule changes and everything, and they bunted now more than ever. But why are you bunting in that situation? Like it's your number yeah. three hitter, a guy who's been swinging the bat well all year, and you're gonna like give up and out? Like what again? And like, I just some of the things they do don't make rhyme or reason. Today was Jock Peterson's bobblehead day. He couldn't <laughs> start in left field. Like no one's no one's losing their mind because Kyle Freeland, a lefty's on the on the mound, and you're gonna start Jock, and he doesn't really hit lefties that well. It's his bobblehead day for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, I mean with the Lamont Wade thing, that was definitely a curious situation. I remember seeing that play out, and it just it felt like it sucked the momentum the Giants had because it was right after the Crawford hit that two run home run. Exactly. And they get two more guys on. You think, exactly. oh, you got something going here, and that double play, it really just. It wasn't a double play, but that bunt, it just it felt like it sucked the momentum yep. that the Giants had that inning. And I did, I did ask Gabe Kapler after that game, you know, what was the deal there? Was that the plan? Did you call for that? Did Lamont do that? And he's like, no, that was a Lamont Wade Jr. call. And he reaffirmed that, you know, we trust Lamont Wade to make, you know, the the right call in that decision. I don't know. Did maybe, he, there's did all, maybe there's a whole universe where he gets the bunt down and you have second and third with one out and Davis, Diddy Davis does something afterwards. I don't know. It's a, it was a weird decision. I, it was a weird decision. I don't know why you make that decision. Maybe in the future, don't. It's like, yeah, maybe just don't do that again. Uh, but, but like, that's it. where I want to. I want someone to press Gabe Kaplan. Like, did you think it was the right decision? Not we. We trust him to do the right decision. Did you think that was the right decision? And I, I think that's where. I get a little frustrated at times yeah. watching the Giants because they tell me about how smart they are and how analytically driven they are and how they're going to be ahead of the curve and they're going to stick to their principles. What the hell are you doing in that situation? That's where my baseball mind just doesn't line up with their thoughts. Yeah, and this is why I always say that uh, Joe Shasky needs to be uh, using his press pass to come to games so we can get these hard-hitting questions that the rest of Giants media doesn't want to answer. Um, again, sticking Ask. with the, the, the theme of positives, though, I do think that the big positive that I really am taking away from this first half, it's it's the bullpen, especially after how uh, rocky things were. 
in that first month. It was it, it looked ugly in that mm-hmm. first month. Uh, I think the bullpen had like a six some ERA in April. Uh, part of that was because of that Mexico City trip, which we all agree we shouldn't really count the numbers from that. But the way they've bounced back since then, I mean, especially with the Rogers brothers, Tyler. Remember how much Tyler was getting dragged through the mud last year. And him and Taylor have really been nails in the back end of that bullpen. And Scott Alexander, we finally got him back this week. He's been great all year. I'm loving what we're seeing from Ryan Walker. And again, it all leads into the all-star and Camilo Doval. And Shasta, you wonder, you know, the Giants there, I believe they're they're 35 and three when leading after eight innings, 34 and six when leading after seven. Uh, those numbers might not be exact. I'd, but the point is. When you're leading late against when this team's leading late, you feel so good. And that's just that's a big component of this team, especially for a team that's that's just struggling with the starting rotation right now. The fact that they have so many guys at this bullpen that they can turn to and get quality innings out of is a big reason why I think the Giants have a winning record right now going into the all-star break. Well, let's work backwards. Camillo's been outstanding. Mm-hmm. Most saves it at, at a break in for how long? Ten years? Yeah. Giant? yeah. Is that true? I, it feels like it. it sounds, yeah, 25 saves, leads Major League Baseball. I mean, he's he's as automatic as Brian Wilson was sort of at times. Well, Santiago Casilla, if you look up, I believe he has like 100 career saves. Like Casilla yeah. quietly is is on that list. I, I think yeah. people kind of underrated his, his contributions. Sergio Romo, too, kind of up there as well. Well, but like he's been a superstar. The Rogers brothers, I know they both served one up the other night. Um, they both had a hand in that. Yeah. But, They've been excellent. Uh, I think that Brebbia, before he got hurt, was excellent. Scott Alexander coming back, like, good to see him back. I thought he was good before he got hurt. Um, I just look around that entire, uh, you know, what's the guy? Uh, Wheaton uh, wins, excuse me. Uh, Yeah, he's been he's been really good. There's been a lot of different random contributions. Uh, Jackson, at times, even though he's only been used a couple of times, I thought he's looked good thus far. I just feel like the bullpen as a whole is much more stout than I gave it credit for heading into the year. Yeah, so the, I mean, obviously the key is we could talk about the starting pitching in a second when we get into our negatives of the season because we're definitely going to have some thoughts there. Do you consider but, Manaya a bullpen guy? Well, that I guess that's actually kind of where I was going to go to is with Sean Manaya. Uh, I've really liked what he's been doing lately, but it's all been out of the bullpen. Yeah. I would like to see them with a team where you have basically two good starting pitching options. And, you know, you're, you're dabbling with Stripling. You're dabbling with Wood. You're, you know, Discalfani has been battling fatigue. And I understand, you know, maybe why the Giants are want to dabble with those guys because again, they, I mean, in this case of Stripling, you know, they invested that money into him, but you also invest that money into Manaya. And I just, I don't understand why they don't want to give Manaya another shot in the starting rotation. Maybe they just really feel that he's better handling that bulk role in the bullpen or coming in after an opener, you know, Ryan Walker goes out and then, you know, you have Manaya come in. The Giants have been very good. I think another positive is just how well the Giants have deployed the opener. Uh, that year. I agree with. That yeah, I agree I, with. I feel like a lot of Giants fans a few years ago uh, would have been so anti-opener. I remember when Farhan first got here, there was talk of, you know, the bull, the, the opener being used. And I remember Jeff Smarja was asked about that at FanFest. And he's like, you know, I don't want people taking my innings like that. And this was back at a time when Jeff Smarge was getting lit up in the first <laughs> inning. Like, And fans were like, yeah, no, fight for that first inning. You don't need to give it up. But I feel like Giants fans are a lot more accepting of the opener now because of how the way the Giants have used it. And the reason the Giants have had so much success with it is because of, in part, guys like Shamanaya, Tristan Beck, uh, Alex Wood from time to time. You know, these bulk guys coming in and handling that load. So 
yeah, really credit to the for, for making us embrace the opener. Uh, before we move on, Shasky, who's your, who would you say is your MVP of the first half for the Giants? Wow. Wow. Uh, I'm going to go Camilo Duvall slightly over uh, J.D. Davis, who's slightly over Patrick Bailey. Okay, I like that. I'm going to go with Lamont Wade Jr. as my okay. MVP right now, mainly because it just he's a tone setter atop that lineup. He really okay. is. And when you have a line, a, a, like he doesn't seem like your prototypical leadoff guy, but I'll be damned. He's been doing a great job. When you got a guy like that setting the tone atop a lineup like that, that really is just a ton of value there. If he played at a different position, maybe he would have been looked at more closely as an all-star. You know, you're always buried at first base yes. there. But I'm going to give Lamont Wade Jr. my my MVP of the first half. Who would you say is your surprise performer of the first half? Lamont Wade Jr. Uh, by go. far. <laughs> Lamont Wade Jr. by far. Like I didn't expect him to play that good defensively at first base, nor did I expect him to play uh, that well, um, uh, you know, at the leadoff spot. He's been outstanding, right? Yeah. No, I agree there. I'm going to... You, you took my MVP as a surprise. I'm going to take one of your MVPs as a surprise. I'm going to go with J.D. Davis. Uh, I oh. was not really sure what to make of J.D. Davis when the Giants got him last year. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, he's, is he young? No, he's he's my age, whatever. I guess that's still considered young. But it was just like, okay, it seems like a, a solid bottom-of-the-order bat. I did not see him becoming one of the key cogs in this lineup this year. Obviously, he had the home run today. The dude just – he hasn't slowed down. Yes. Uh, he's been incredibly consistent all year long. I think he should have been an all-star – uh, so he's been, you know, he's top five in almost every single offensive category Wow, and just an unfortunate snub there. Part of that might be East coast bias. And also let's be honest outside of San Francisco, who is JD Davis? That's true. Uh, but no, I've really liked what I've seen from him. I want to see, I want to see this keep going. I love seeing him in the middle of the order and, uh, he's been helping my fantasy team out too, which I'm always up for that. Uh, really quick before we move on lastly, uh, you have to pick a moment of the first half. What would be your moment of the first half? That's a tough one. My moment of the first half. Jeez Louise. Here, I'll go first and give you a second to think. Uh, for me, it's probably Yaz's home run when the Giants were down to their last strike in St. Louis. Okay. Uh, I remember I was leaving the station at that time. I'm driving, and he's, he's hitting with two outs, and he's got two strikes, and the Giants are losing. I'm thinking, man, how wild would it be if he went deep right here just to make this game go longer and make us hope you know, that they might win? And then he went deep right there and made the game go longer. And all of a sudden, I'm hoping they might win. And the Giants did win that game. And that was right in the middle of just all the comebacks that they were having. And that was just one of those moments where it's just like, I always say, like, when you could predict when the Giants are going to screw up, things are bad. But when you could predict when the Giants are going to do something good, that's such a great feeling. And so I, that was just, for me, that was my, my big happy moment. There's a lot of them, but that was my moment for me. Well, you know, uh, I'm going to go with Luis Matos, not necessarily for just the home run, but what the home run signified. Second mm -hmm. youngest player in baseball in terms of everyday player hitting a home run who's an outfielder from the Giants system. I thought it was a monumental moment and, and it feels like he's starting to to stick. And I think that he's going to play the rest of the year. And I'm really excited about him. Um, he had a nice hit the other day. I don't believe he played today. I forget. No, he was in the lineup today. Yeah, he was. Yeah. His, yeah. That bats were very unmemorable as I was slipping well, back. It was a very fast and it, it was a very fast game where not a lot US was going Open. on. So yeah, I was watching the women's U S open and the giants game simultaneously. So <laughs> that's but, how you know it was a fun one. <laughs> what, what do you do? Oh, for three today. 
Yeah, no, not many people were hitting today. So yeah, so you know, I, I just I really like where Luis Matos is at, and I'm going to go with his home run. And I know that might seem like a cop out. I think there's an argument to be made for what Logan Webb did today. I mean, yeah. this team needed to win this series coming out and to have a complete game shutout, 10 Ks right into the All Star break as they get four or five days off. Everyone can take a deep breath. That's what aces do. That's what I, they I do. Agree. They shove when the team needs a win in a rubber match. I agree there. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Uh, you are listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubbin and Joe Shasky coming at you every week. Make sure you're liking, reviewing, rating, subscribing, sharing. We are part of the Odyssey Sports Network and Giants Baseball. That is what we do here on this podcast. Now, as fun as that first half was, Shasky, not everything was all hunky-dory, peaches and rainbows. There were some uh, that this team had during throughout that first half, and uh, most of that those struggles had to do with the starting pitching. Right now, Shasky, what's your overall just view of the Giants starting rotation right now? Not good. <laughs> I mean, it's Alex Cobb, it's Logan Webb, and then it's pray for one of these guys to come out of the bullpen and help you out a little, right? It's yeah. been pretty bad. And it's, I think what kind of makes it so bad, what compounds it is that this wasn't supposed to be an issue no. this year. The one thing that we could always say about the Giants is that they know pitching. They know yes. starting pitching. They have had this, you know, magic elixir, this, the Farhan secret stuff that – you know, you, you you give pitchers when they get here and suddenly they learn how to pitch good again. And you just haven't been seeing that this year. And coming into this year, it was, you know, we got so much depth in the starting pitching. You know, we love the depth of our arms. And yeah, it was, they did, but it, it felt like they had quantity, not quality. Yes. And sure, I mean, Alex Wood was fine at times over the last few years, but I'm just not seeing it right now. Ross Stripling, he had a good outing on Friday. He had the one bad pitch in the first inning. Uh, he goes, you know, he went 65 pitches. They're going to ramp him up a little bit more uh, going forward. If he could figure out, that would be huge. But even there, it feels like I need to see that consistently before I'm willing to trust Ross Stripling. And then, you know, it's just then Di Scalfani, where it's just every time you feel like we're, we're taking a, a positive step, 
we take two steps back and he's talking about, you know, arm fatigue and multiple starts in a row. It's just like, dude, how are we, how are we feeling that way halfway through the year? Uh, possibly it was, you know, he did not pitch a lot last year. So that might be kind of catching up to him right now, but this is a team that has legitimate playoff aspirations. And I asked Gabe Kapler today, you know, before the game, you know, is the goal to have, you know, five consistent starting pitchers. And he couldn't really commit to that. He said, it's kind of like a puzzle every, every game that you got to have to put it together. And that didn't really inspire a whole lot of confidence. No, no, I, They've got to figure this out, but they're not the only team in baseball that's having this problem. Um, everyone's looking for a starter. Would I be criminal to say starter is a desperate need? Outfielder might be too. Outfielder, heck, you can even start adding infielder in there yeah. depending on how you feel about Tyro you know, I'm not I'm not trying to dismiss your 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 worry about starting pitching. It just feels like they're not as the the Giants themselves don't feel like it's such a big problem as much as the fans do. I do. I think it's a huge problem. But I also think that they've got three problems. Middle infield's absolutely one of them, and outfield is absolutely one of them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we can worry about more than one thing. It's not like you're only allowed <laughs> yeah, to worry I know, about I'm one sorry. thing in baseball. This is Giants baseball. It's all nothing. But they need There's... one starter. Like, Sam, they need one I starter. Think need and two I think starters. Well, that, I think they need. Of course. A minimum like, one. Two will probably be better. And I'm going to be real, like the Kyle Harrison injury kind of sucks. Like, yeah. I thought that maybe he'd be closer along. I, I'm, the more and more I'm thinking about it, he is a late September call up at most. I think that's going to be. And Farhan did say that the plan is still to have him show up at some point this season. They do want to okay. eventually get him up here. But like, that's another one where if you're looking at Kyle Harrison to kind of be the the salvation for this team, like they. I just don't see that being the case. Yeah, I mean, like, when he does come up here, it's going to be a lot of two, three inning outings. You know, maybe he gets four innings. Probably gonna be he'll probably be having an opener pitch yeah. in front of him a lot. Uh, you just that's not the same thing. If you bring up Carson Wisenhunt, you're probably gonna see a lot of the same things there. So it's that's this is where the whole concept of you know competing versus developing really kind of collides there because. You know, what would you rather see? Would you rather see Harrison come up and just kind of whatever happens, happens, let him get his his work in, and if the Giants don't win, then whatever? Or do you want to see this team win baseball games? And if you don't think Kyle Harrison is going to help you win baseball games, do you still bring him up here to kind of let him get his development? Well, That's, here's what I, I would say to you. I mean, seeing the kid for a couple starts, is it any worse than seeing Alex Wood? We kind of know what he yeah. is. You know that what I mean? True. Like, am, am I being a hater by saying that? No, Ross I don't think Stripling? you are at all. Yeah. Like you want to see Ross Stripling again? I don't. I'm so Ross Stripling <laughs> out. And I know he like, oh, he pitched better once he came out. You know, he came out of that game. But I don't know. I'm I just dude, I'm just so over like some of their starters. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough situation. Now you mentioned the outfield. I want to go back to that. You're concerned with the outfield, because that's honestly something I've not really thought too much about when regards to when regards to outfield concerns. Um I do like having Matos out there as much mm -hmm. as possible. Uh, Blake Sable is better when he's hitting as a left fielder than when he's playing as a left fielder. That said, I'm not opposed to seeing him in left field. I do like the uh, platoon of Yaz and, and Slater. I never thought I'd be saying I like a platoon, but that one works really well. The way that, I mean, Slater is crushing lefties. You know, I, I made fun of him last year when they called him the lefty masher, but no, he absolutely is. 
and Yaz is having this bounce back season. You're doing great against righties. And then I'm loving what you're seeing when I'm seeing from Conforto. He DH today. Yes. Uh, I know. I think that's part of the fact that he injured himself in Toronto. They're trying to slow play him back into that. My guess is he'll be back in the field full time uh, come the second half. But you got a starting outfield right now of, you know, Conforto and left. You can do Matos in center, Yaz and, and Slater handling it in right. Both of them play great defense. Yaz had a great defensive moment earlier today. Uh, leading off the game, Jerks and Profar ropes a ball down the right field line. Yaz gets over to it, and I'm watching him, and it was kind of slow getting there. And I'm thinking, like, come on, Yaz, pick this up. Can we get this ball back and try and get this guy out? As I'm thinking that, he guns it to throw to second, nails Profar. Did you fist has- pump in the, in the media room? Oh, I I was just like, oh shoot! I'm, a, you know, that was it was a great play. It was a tone setter for the game. And I love so you, bro. I just I I like the current setup with the outfield right now. So I'm kind of curious, you know. Again, I'm not trying to push back on. I guess I'm pushing back a little bit. But yeah, what more would you like to see from the outfield right now? Well, I, I just think that you can't expect Conforto and Yastrzemski to be everyday players. They're gonna get hurt. They're gonna have nicks mm-hmm. and bruises. Like the, those are guys that they're not Iron Men. They're not the biggest of dudes to begin with. Uh, Conforto's no. coming off of missing 18 months in a row, and he's played a lot of games. He had the heel injury already this year. Yastrzemski's hurt the the hamstring a couple of times. And I just don't think you can trust uh, the rookie right now. I mean, I want to see him continue to play. I want to see him play every day. I think they need another outfielder. I, that's just me. Yeah. And I would move, even if it costs you, because I know, oh, he's mashing lefties. Even if you have to move Jock, Slater, you know, whatever, Yastrzemski to go get something, I think you got to do it. Yeah, I'd be curious to see if maybe they try to do something internally to try and address that at first. Uh, I know that is something the Giants love being able to do is to find those internal options to solve situations. Uh, and no, I'm not suggesting they put Brett Wisely in the outfield. No. Uh, Heliot Ramos has been really hitting the snot out of the ball since he came back from injury. I wonder if maybe the Giants would want to give him one more I, shot. I shot. Gave, pretty much said that he was finished, so I'm surprised. I thought he was on the 60-day IL. He must have just came back, huh? He just came back recently. Let me see if I have an update on kind of how he's been playing. Uh, here we go. So uh, most recently, his last game with the Rivercats, he was two for five, couple runs, couple walks with a home run, four ribbies. He's batting 500 with four home runs and five extra bases and five RBIs in four games this month since coming off the IL. So, Good start since coming back, you know, hitting the ball well, hitting you the ball what? hard. Let's and, see it one more time. I'm yeah. with you on that. I wouldn't mind bringing him up. I think that's one of those seats. Like, this is, I, I like think, the, the benefit that the Giants kind of have right now in this whole are they a playoff team? Are they not? If you miss the playoffs because you're giving young guys a chance yes. to establish themselves exactly. in the big leagues, I'll, I'll roll with that. I'm not going to, you know, whoop and holler about it. But I'm not going to, you know, grumble and get all pissy about it either. Um, one other thing I want to kind of talk about, Shasky, that's kind of concerned me is there's a lot of talk about fatigue on this team. Now, whenever you ask anyone about this in, in that clubhouse, it's the same. You know, you just got to play through it. Everyone's tired. We're not special. Travel is what it is, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, like, I feel like fatigue should not be this big of a storyline for this team halfway through the season. Why has it been? I'm sorry? Why has it been? I Honestly, I'm not really sure. I have my only theories is that I would guess is just they did do a lot of travel in this first half. Um, They had like five or six playoff series, not playoff, five or six road trips that happened, you know, east of the Rockies so far in this first half, Uh, especially that month of April. They had, I think, two East Coast road trips in that first month, plus that Mexico City trip. 
and then you talked about, you know, there's the uh, the most recent road trip through Toronto and New York. That was a tough one where they had guys getting, I think every night, every every time on that trip, they were getting in like three, four in the morning. Uh, New York, it was humid. And then apparently it was a family trip too uh, on that one as well, which I don't know why you designate the Canada road trip as the family road trip when you got to go through customs. And we all know how much of a drag that is. I mean, you know, if you're tired right now, you got the all-star break, you got to get recharged. And the one benefit I can maybe look at is the fact that you don't have a lot of major road trips after the all-star break. I mean, obviously you got a, a big three city East coast swing coming right out the break. But after that you have, you know, the Braves and Phillies in mid August, and then you got a quick three game jaunt to uh, Chicago after uh, on, after labor day. And that's about it. Um, other than that, the furthest east you go is the, a series against the Rockies. So travel is going to be a lot lighter in the second half. So if trying to find a, a positive out of a negative, you know, that's probably all I got. This whole thing about being tired. Everyone's tired. You, mm-hmm. you live on the West Coast, Giants. You're going to travel back east. Guess what? That's you've been doing it for 70 years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, come on. Let's figure this thing out. Uh, but. I, I get it because they have a lot of older guys. They have some young guys, but they have a lot of older guys too. And they have a lot of guys that going back to my point about Yastrzemski and, and, and Conforto guys that just need prerequisite days off to yeah. be there at most optimal. Like right now, is there an everyday guy on the team? I'm talking a guy that you want to see out there 155 days uh, out of the 162. Probably I would say JD Davis, the first one that comes to mind. And, but even then you get to like rest to him playing yeah. him DH and first base. Yeah. I mean, again, it's it's tough. I mean, the grind, especially on the West Coast, there is a lot more travel versus if you're in the, the middle of the country. I, I um, that's why, that. you know, it's why like, the you know, the Mariners are always, you know, the top of the miles traveled every year exactly. because Seattle is stuck in that corner up there in the Pacific Northwest. So it's it's a thing that the Giants basically just have to learn how to deal with. And again, this is what I asked Gabe Kapler about. And there's no secret formula. There is no magic trick. There is no, you know, bald head you can rub to make guys stay healthy. Basically, the Giants just got to be very good at balancing out when guys get days yes. off and, bal- and you know, resting guys and not overworking guys. For the most part, I think they're pretty good at that. And I think that with less travel in the second half, I do think that, you know, hopefully fatigue won't be as big of an issue because my thought is, you know, if you're tired at the end of the first half, what's stopping you from being tired at the end of the second I half? I totally as well? agree. Totally so agree. This is something that giants are definitely going to have to work on uh, the rest of the way here because you, you can't get tired in the second half. No one's going to have any excuses for you. Well, here's the thing. Is it an explanation? Sure. But it is an excuse. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's just, Good teams find ways to rise exactly. above that. And exactly. if you're slowed down by fatigue, that just tells me it's like, I don't care how good you are. If you're getting slowed down by that, you're not as good as you say you are. And that's that's just the, the, the honest truth. And a better team, a better, a stronger team doesn't have these issues. And it just maybe the Giants aren't quite there yet. And that's that's something that they're going to have to figure out and address. Well, And I look at someone like Brandon Crawford specifically. He left the game last night with a hamstring injury. Cross days of playing five times a week are probably over. Yeah. He's got the he's got the knee problems, got the hamstring problems. It's just he's 36 years old. He's got a lot of miles on and, those legs. And what I mean is I think it benefits everyone, himself, the team, everyone, if he becomes a part-time player. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and, and I think that they really can't afford to do that right now. 
because Casey Schmidt's been in a deep freeze in terms of his batting average right now. I agree with that. And I definitely think, I mean, the reason he's been in the lineup so much lately is part A, because Schmidt's been struggling, but also B, Crow's hitting the ball really well. No doubt. And he was playing really, he had a really great month the last month or so. It seems like he's come back to earth a little bit. And yeah, you talk about guys who I think I, who the most pressure is on. Maybe that's really quick, you know, before we move on to this last segment here. Who is, is Casey Schmidt the guy who just the spotlight is on him to up his game the most right now? Or is there someone else in the second half who's just like, I need to see more from you right now? Him and Matos. I think the both of them. I think how they progress in July and August is going to determine the success factor for Giants fans in their eyes. Not the playoffs, not the overall win-loss record. I think both of those youngsters, if they can be good players, good to competent Major League Baseball players, I think everything changes in terms of how we view the San Francisco Giants. Absolutely. Patrick already proven it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I don't think even just – if they're hitting more, that helps. But if they're hitting more and they're having more fun, when yes. Casey Schmidt's hitting well, he's in a good mood. He's it, When they play well, they inject that life back into the clubhouse. Yep. And I think, you know, the clubhouse would definitely need that. So, Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman and Joe Shasky coming at you every week with all the best Giants content, part of the Odyssey Sports Network. Make sure you're liking, rating, reviewing, subscribing, sharing, passing this podcast around, telling everybody you ever met to come listen to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Now, as I did mention, Farhan Zaidi did speak to the media on Friday night. It was the end of the first half availability, so we all crammed in the back of uh, in this office in the back of the press box and. I made sure to take the, the seat right across from him so I can look him directly in the eye when I asked him these questions. And yeah, he spoke to us for a, a good 30 minutes. And when we were not asking him questions about the uh, baseball draft, which, uh, by the way, uh, we had a little breaking news before this podcast started. Bryce Eldridge out of uh, was a Madison High School in Virginia was drafted by the Giants. 6'7", 223 pounds. He's a two-way player. And second year in a row, Shasky, that the Giants have taken a two-way player in the first round of the draft. Who needs Shohei Otani when you can just go out and recreate your own, right? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? 
I, look, we'll see. I mean, he looks the part. Uh, high schooler. You know, I, I, I liked what they've got, the upside, but. We'll see in still, four years. We'll see in four years when he makes right. up triple A. I'll be honest. One thing that I want us not to do for the rest of this year, because it, it just feels like a pipe dream. Can we not discuss Otani to the Giants? I mean, it's going to happen, but I'm with you. Uh, I've already made it clear how I think that that saga is going to end. So the, le- the less time we spend on it, I think the better. But so, yeah, Farhan was, you know, I did ask Farhan just kind of, you know, going into year five, he's got. Uh, let me see if I can find there we go. He's, we're in year five. He's only got the one playoff appearance. This year's playoff appearance is far from guaranteed. I asked him if he's feeling a little bit of extra pressure to make the playoffs this year. And this is what he had to say. I don't really look at it that way. I just look at every season as one in which we expect to be there. So I'm not paying attention to that as much as I am what's happening this season, what our expectations are. So kind of poo-pooed it a little bit. And that's kind of, I think, a very political answer. You know, you're not going to, he's, he's not going to, he's not a guy who's going to sit there and be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm sweating bullets trying to make the playoffs this year. Um, but at the same time, you know, we can sweat bullets for him and ask in, about him making the playoffs this year. Shasky, how much pressure should he be on right now to be making the playoffs right now? A lot. No, I mean, I like this is, this is $180 million payroll. And if you didn't have the youngsters contributions, I think you would be really in, in danger right now. No. No, absolutely. I mean, I guess you could say, you know, he's lucky that the young guys are kind of here to to make this team better. But at the same time, like, I don't say I'd say lucky. I mean, he drafted these guys, you know, specifically so they could show up and contribute to this team like this. So, I mean, when you kind of judge the season as a failure versus success, I mean, obviously there's pressure to make the playoffs. I think that he puts that pressure on himself when he says that every year we expect to make the playoffs. But at the same time, I don't know. I mean, is GM ever going to say realistically we don't expect to make the playoffs? I mean, I'm not talking Probably about not. like, yeah, no, no one's, even, you know, even David Force is going to say, you know, the, the goal is to make the playoffs here. The expectation is to make the playoffs and not making the playoffs is a failure. I guess, you know, I want to look at this another way. If the Giants don't make the playoffs and we chalk this up as a failure to Farhan, what does that mean for Farhan? Because I feel like so many people are quick to the whole, you know, oh, I'm not getting what I want. Time to fire him and start over. I don't think that if the Giants do fall apart this year and don't make the playoffs, I don't think anyone in that in the Giants ownership in that front office is going to be thinking about making a replacement here. So if the Giants do kind of stumble and we do chalk this up as a failure, what does that what are we supposed to make a Farhan then in that situation if you can't fire him? Let me ask you this. Has he been successful? I guess it depends on how you would Has, define no, that no, 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 no. Don't skirt around it and try to make the answer yes. I'm asking right. yes in or no. In terms of a purely wins and losses. Are and they closer the to a World Series today than when he took over the GM spot way back when? I can I unequivocally say that when the 49ers hired John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, they're closer to a Super Bowl today than they were back then. Yes, you could definitely say that. I'll say this because I think I don't know if those answers are the same, though. Has he been successful? I don't think you could say he has. Okay. In that you've had the one great season, a historic season that was kind of built on the backs of great years from the Brandons and Buster Posey core. And yeah, the old core, you, I mean, you could credit Farhan and his system for bringing that performance out of them. If you want overall though. Yeah. You got to give him credit for that overall though. I would say no. Now to answer the other question, are the giants close to a world series now? 
than when he arrived? I would say yes, because Shasky, and I say this over and over again, people refuse to admit just how down bad the Giants were at the end of 2018. I never say, oh, they were a 500 team for most of the year. Yeah, and then they absolutely fell apart in September, and we saw what that team really was. When, And this is kind of why you know I, I am willing to ride things out with Farhan a little bit more, and that is because... You know, the it was just such a bad situation when he got here, and his vision was more or less: let's not build up a one-time winning team. It's we need to build up something that's consistently going to win for year in and year out for a long, long, long period of time. Well, I mean, he's never led a team like he has with the Giants before. The only real success he's been a part of is what he helped establish with the Dodgers. And no, but I'm saying, has he for, done that with the Giants? I don't think he's done that yet. No, because okay. when he arrived here in 2019, who was the most major league ready prospect the Giants had? I don't know. Yeah, you can't think of anybody. The most major league prospect they probably had was Brian Reynolds, but he was yeah, already but, doing things for the, for but, the Pirates. But, but Sam. Sam, there's many ways to construct a team. I think we're hyper-focused on the draft because they haven't traded anybody away for five years. Like, who is the most significant prospect that they've moved off of in their own top 10 system um, in, in his time? What's the most bold thing that he's done? I mean, they haven't really traded prospects, but I think part of that is because, I mean, Caleb Killian's the biggest prospect they've moved, and uh, now it's for Chris Bryant, which we all lauded that move. Yeah, he was like the 11th yeah. prospect in their system. Yeah, I, think, I think he had cracked a top 10 or something like that in some rankings. But the point is, I think the reason they haven't done that is because they just, when you're trying to build something sustainable from the ground up, you don't you don't deal your prospects away when you're trying to do that. And now I'm sure some people would like, you know, do the Dave Dombrowski thing where you come in and just throw oodles and oodles of cash at a bunch of free agents and maybe you win a World Series. But you look at what Dave Dombrowski's done. Sure, he's had success. He had success with the Marlins. He had success with the Tigers. He had success with the Red Sox. Look what happened to all those teams that after he left. The Marlins, granted, they're the Marlins, so I'll move off that. The Tigers, they're still trying to dig themselves out of the hole that they he drafted left. number three look today. At, yeah, and look at look at uh, the Red Sox. You know, the Red Sox have been in such a mismanaged mess that they had to give Mookie Betts to the Dodgers just to punish us even more. So it's, I don't want a guy who comes in and let's just spend a bunch of money on free agents and hope what happens. Because then what's going to happen is eventually those free agents are going to stop playing well and you're going to have like, you know, seven, eight years of absolute wreckage you're going to have to sift through. I don't want that. What Farhan's doing is what he's trying to come in is building up a self-sustainable success template to where it's just year after year after year, you're cranking out these young guys who become great baseball players. The problem is that takes a long time to do. And I know people don't have the patience for that. And I do think that 2019 was kind of a lost year for them. They That draft, it just, it's gone nowhere. That set them back. They failed to do any sort of meaningful development of their of their farm system during the pandemic. Now, you could say the pandemic was an excuse. I look at it as some teams were able to make something out of it. Some teams weren't. The Giants were a team that was not able to make anything out of it. So you basically lost two years of development if you're the Giants. Got off to a bad start. But I still believe that the core principles are there. The strategy is there. If they keep committing to it, eventually they're going to have to get there. And so it's... It's not a, it's not a pretty process. It's not a it's not a quick process, but so it, you're saying law of averages, they will finally be good. I do think that the approach that they're taking 
will i mean what other options do you really have right now if the option is build a consistent winner through your farm system or do what the phillies do what like who would you rather be the dodgers astros and braves or like the phillies mets and yankees if you which group what you know those two groups what would you rather have the giants be a part of you know of course you want everyone wants to be the astros but like all i'm saying is is like we just need one of these guys to sustain like right now patrick bailey has sustained his excellence which Mm -hmm. is awesome um, he's hitting like oh, like 80 points higher than he has, like at any point, 60 points mm-hmm. higher than he has at any point in the minor league system, which is incredible. And he's doing it at the major league level. Uh, we need Matos to, to sustain at the big league level. You need Schmidt to sustain. And then they need another wave of guys to come through, right? Like really, I, 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 in my view, you need four everyday players to be young within their first year or two playing on the big league club every single day together. You need realistically two young studs in that rotation at the same time. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. these are the benchmarks for me and we're just, we're not there yet. Yeah. And I think that's the problem is just the fact that the fact that we aren't there yet is the frustrating part. Now, uh, you know, it's Bonte said in our, our, our text thread the other day, you know, how long does this rebuild take? And <laughs> you look at some of the other teams that were like when the giants bought them out in 2017, you know, I looked at some of the other teams that were also bad that year. You got the Tigers. They're a lost cause right now. Uh, The White Sox, they had a moment, but they're a lost cause right now. Um, The Royals, they're still lost in the wilderness right now. You know, the Orioles, they figured it out. Would we have accepted three straight 110 lost seasons, though, as Giants Why not? Why not? Because I think you you can – I think part of it is ownership wouldn't accept that because in Baltimore – who are you competing with for attention? Who are no you, one. Who if, you're are the, if you're in the if you're in the Bay Area, with? though, you're competing for influence with the Niners, with the Warriors. You got a hockey team that people might want to care yeah, about. Yeah, those more. May tickets to 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 Niner, you know, practices. Come on, I mean, come on, really, really, is that what you're doing? I mean, like, we we couldn't accept a hundred loss season right before Will Clark came up. They had a hundred loss season, and no one gave a rip. I think it's it's the only hundred loss season in franchise history. And yeah, I think yeah, there's, you you I think there's something to be said about wanting to at least put try to put out. It's kind of like the whole thing is like I don't care if you're going to strike out, at least swing the bat. Okay, I, I, I get that point. That's my thing. Damn, I look there's at no nobility. Lot. There's no nobility in being 81 and 81. Like there's just not. That's an unsuccessful know, but, season. But I think there's some a level of shame in having a hundred loss season. That's just my personal belief as a fan. I do want to play a couple more cuts though before okay. we get out of here. This is gonna take the record for our longest episode yet. Um, I was a little bit, you know, not in a great mood Friday night after listening to Farhan, and part of it is because of what he said right here. A lot's been talked about with our starting pitching. I, I think we have a lot of depth there. If we have, uh, you know, some of that group, I mean, obviously Cobb and Webb have done a nice job at the front of the rotation. And we have a lot of guys that we think are capable of filling the middle and back of the rotation, and you know, obviously we've got Stripling going tonight, Alex Wood, Sean Manaya, these guys we expect better of going forward, and I think we've seen some positive signs with all those guys. You know, obviously the younger pitchers, Sean Jelly and Keaton Wynn, and even Tristan Beck are all options to start games for us. So if you're talking about kind of a front of rotation arm that becomes available, I think every team with playoff aspirations is going to have interest. You can always fit that. But I don't really see us adding starting rotation depth because we like the guys that we have in that category. So what part of that comment do you think my head dropped? (laughs) 
<laughs> you tell me, because I want to hear. Well, I, give, give me a, a, your hottest scorching take here. What? Why? Are I you just so, when I heard him say what he does. When I hear him say we don't anticipate to add starting pitching depth and we like the guys we have, it's just like, what are we watching far on? It's like, this is the things where it's just like, you said, you know, when I text you that every time Farhan speaks, he loses me. At this point, I'm kind of there too. It's been every time he talks, it seems like in the last eight months, it's just like, dude, come on, really? Like, so at this point, I don't care what Farhan says anymore. I need results. So you know what? If the goal is the playoffs this year, is the goal is to take some of the strain off the bullpen, go out and get me an arm. I am down for a Lucas Giolito, Tim Anderson package. I am absolutely down for Marcus Stroman. I have been down for Stroman for like two or three years being on this team. Don't give me this whole, we like what we have, maybe we can figure it out thing. Like, let's throw us a bone here, Farhan. I know that we're trying to build us up the right way, but come on, give us something right now. I'm surprised that you're finally coming over to my side of the table. Oh, no, I'm not coming over to your side of the table. I'm just simply uh, letting it be known that I need to see a little bit more from Farhan. I still believe in him long term. I just the, the guy. You really think that Farhan's can can hang a, will be holding a World Series trophy one day. You really think he's going to the, the commissioner, Rob Manfred's going to turn to Farhan Zaidi and hand him a World Series trophy. I'm asking you sincerely. Truth I serum. certainly think it's possible. And he's just going to giggle. Ah, well, you know, we, we didn't realize No, it's it's certainly possible. I mean, listen, I mean, in 2009, if I asked that question about Brian Sabian, how confidently would you say yes? I would have said to you, oh, well, the dude was on the precipice of winning one in 2002. It Again, but then in 2009, if I said, is the was 2002 the closest we're ever going to get? Look, look, we you all know, wanted – we all is, we my, all my, wanted Sabian to go at certain points in time. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But you know what? The guy won in a variety of ways. He developed his own. He signed free agents. He traded for guys. He did a lot of random things to try to create a team that could win. He didn't just hoard draft picks and then they were have no value. For example, Joey Bart. Joey Bart should be moved at the deadline. Joey Bart's not going to, he's not going to jump in front of Patrick Bailey. He doesn't have a spot on this team. Maybe he has a spot elsewhere. Move him. Yeah. No, actually was my last point. I was going to ask you was that, you know, one of the last things that he would ask is, you know, Joey Bart's future. So I guess I, I won't play the cut because I didn't upload it. It looks like it didn't go in, but uh, yeah, Joey Bart, the next time he takes a, an at bat at a big league uh, in a big league stadium, what uniform is, do you think is he wearing? Is he wearing a giants uniform or is he wearing one of the other 29 uniforms? Mariners, they love trading with the Mariners, so I'm going to go Mariners. (laughs) I would, again, I think Bart could be an interesting part of any sort of trade package. Maybe he goes to the White Sox. Maybe they somehow figure out a way to uh, get him. Because, again, I I mentioned that Giolito-Tim Anderson package. I would be down for that. I think both those guys would do well for a change of scenery. Maybe include Bart, someone else. Maybe include, like, try and do some salary matching, throw some stripling or a Mania in there to try and make the numbers work. I definitely think that's possible, but I definitely don't. I feel very safe in saying that outside of an injury, knocking on wood, we've seen Joey Bart taken at bat yeah. in a Giants uniform for the last time. I'm with you. All right, two quick ones to end. Uh, next episode, can I unveil my top 26? If you're doing a 26-man team, okay, because that's what the teams are these days, 26-man teams, of my favorite Giants during my lifetime, which is the last 40 years. Absolutely. 
All right. Definitely down to do that. All right. I have the roster. I have the management. Uh, I have the three. I have uh, first base and third base coach and the and the manager. And then I've got to pick the uniform as well. I will do all of those things. Ooh. But one last question before we got the dough. I'm mm. going to say B plus. What's your letter grade for the first half? I'm going to go a very, very solid B. No plus, no minus, just the letter B. Why? Because I think having the youngsters actually show some promise. Casey Schmidt for three weeks carried this team. Patrick Bailey for like the last couple of weeks had carried this team before recently. Um, Even Matos was a shot in the arm that they absolutely needed. Duvall has carried this team at times. J.D. Davis in acquisition has carried this team at times. Wade carried this team. Like there are a lot of great stories going on here. So that's why I go B plus. I would go B only because, again, the starting rotation does concern me right now. And I do think if the Giants do fade in the second half, it's going to be because the starting rotation fell apart and the bullpen kind of ran out of gas trying to pick up that that uh, slack there. Uh, I think it's a B because as great as the young guys started, they have faded a little bit. I would like to see them pick up a little bit as well. And honestly, it's a B because as good as I think this lineup is, there's going to be times where it's going to go dry and it's going to be very frustrating. And there really is no dude in this lineup who's going to just kind of his performance is going to wake everybody up. You know, someone it's it's this whole, someone has to step up thing. It works, but and it was cute and fun in 2021. It's been fun this year. At some point though, somebody has to be that dude in the lineup. I mean, I I'd love to give that title to like JD Davis or Michael Conforto, but that's just not the kind of type of player they are at the mat. At the end of the day, Eventually, I would say that Patrick Bailey or Luis Matos can be that dude. Maybe one day it's Vaughn Brown. Maybe one day it's Grant McRae. Maybe one day it's Elliot Ramos. But yeah, and this is the where the whole you know you need that star debate comes from. We can get into that another day. But it's just the lineup at times leaves me wanting a little bit more. Of course. And so that's why I would give it with a B. So this has been the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast, setting a record for the longest episode so far we've ever done. But hey, it's the end of the first half, so what better time to do it? We will be back later this week to preview the second half of the Giants season, as well as unveil Shasky's all-time Giants roster. And I got a roster of my own that I'm going to be working on that I want to unveil that is... Not going to be as, as as maybe fun as yours, but I definitely think we'll get some laughs out of it. So there's that's what we call a tease, folks. So until then, we will see you on the next one.